and good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is Harrison Smith with another episode of Cinema and a special spot and plug here for Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. This is more of an impromptu episode. Um, I'm reacting today uh, because really what I read, and I'm going to read you this headline, uh, really comes down to what cinema is all about. And I know this can sound probably to some of you as sour grapes or jealousy or envy, uh, but I did tweet the headline of this along with my statement. And I said, I've done it all wrong. I've done everything 100% and completely all wrong. And I think some of you out there that are working your asses off and, and not in just the entertainment industry, but whatever industry. The issue is, is that in entertainment, it gets a huge media blast when you see people like this fail upwardly and increase their net worth. Uh, when you're working in a non-entertainment job, usually you, you stand there and watch someone else who is totally unqualified get promoted, but it's not like you're going to see that as a headline on Variety's uh, cover or anything like that. So let me let me get to the point here, and uh, I'd love to hear feedback from you on this because this is, like I said, impromptu, a knee-jerk reaction, and who knows, maybe I'll I'll talk my way through it. However, uh, the, the big news today for Netflix is that TikTok star Addison Rae signs a film deal with Netflix, and it is labeled as an exclusive through Variety. And I just have to ask, what the fuck? Cinema, as you know, this podcast is dedicated to the concept of demanding better of our entertainment. And I think uh, I can easily say that um, this could apply to everything across the board, especially to our politics and our politicians and our, our so-called leaders and, and whatever. However, sticking with the entertainment world, I want to know, how does this happen? So, Let's take a very simplified look at both uh, Addison Ray and Charlie D'Amelio. And I look, I, I don't want to sound like Howard Stern. I think Howard Stern was wrong. And I think Joe Rogan has proved him wrong. And maybe not. Maybe Howard would say otherwise that, well, there's just really no money in podcasting. Howard became an icon uh, through working his way up through radio. Say what you will about Howard Stern. Uh, the guy worked his ass off to get where he is. And he paid his dues. 
decades of paying his dues. And, uh, but he used radio as his format. He used television eventually as a format. And I never thought that Howard really translated all that well over to TV. I used to watch his E! show. I watched it when I believe it was on CBS. And, and I get it. I, f- I found it was far more entertaining to listen to Howard. Now, Howard has made only one feature film in all the decades that he's been around. You could arguably say that Howard Stern has been popular since the late 80s, since the mid to late 80s, where he he became a national fixture and, and pretty much a household name. But he's made only one feature film, Private Parts. He's turned down a number of motion pictures. He gets offered incredible amounts of money to either produce, star, write, cameo, whatever. And Howard's attitude is, is no. I'm not going to do anything unless I think it's really good. Now, I'm sure he's been offered other things. Who knows what Netflix has come to him with. My point is, is that Howard, whether you like his humor, his his style, his interviewing, whatever, Howard has talent, okay? I think he's one of the best interviewers on the planet. He can get things out of people that that other interviewers just can't. He goes right for the mark. And you can again argue that, oh, his, his humor and his interviewing style is sophomoric and he's all about sex and whatever you want to say. There is really no dispute that Howard Stern has talent and he's been able to take what started out as a morning zoo kind of, not even morning zoo, is even predating morning zoo, kind of daytime radio record spinning job and turned it into a billion dollar industry with satellite radio and paved the way for satellite. So enough of kissing Howard's ass. I think the direct opposite is Addison Ray and a number of these TikTok stars because I, I need to ask this question. Aside from looking good, she's a beautiful young lady. What does she do? And what talent is there? Now I know you can already start citing. For example, Zsa Gabor and Eva Gabor, Eva Gabor, I mean, they were kind of predating the Kardashians, right? I mean, they were famous for just being famous. And, and a number of people, even when they showed up on the Hollywood squares, kind of uh, distanced themselves from the Gabor sisters because even they knew. I mean, yeah, they, they show up, they do their thing. I mean, you could even argue, you know, someone like Arlene Francis. I mean, if you don't know who these names are, they kind of all go back to kind of just being famous for being famous. They, they were beautiful. Um, but Marilyn Monroe showed that she was more than just a pretty face. She could act. Uh, she could sing. Uh, she, she had talent. I want to know, what is Addison Ray's talent? that has warranted this. And here's what the article says. Netflix thinks Addison Rae is all that. They're making the play on her remake of She's All That with He's All That, uh, her remake of that film, which is debuting, I think this month, on Netflix. So they think so much so that the streamer has signed the TikTok star to a multi-picture deal. Ray recently made her acting debut with a starring role in Netflix's He's All That, a gender-swapped remake of the 99 high school rom-com She's All That, which I just said. She said, and I quote, getting the opportunity to work with Netflix was such a pinch-me moment, and now to be able to continue the relationship is beyond my wildest dreams, Ray said. 
I'm thrilled to be able to collaborate with this incredible team and excited to develop projects while continuing to strengthen my skills as an actress. Shouldn't you already have strong skills if you're going to land a multi-picture deal with the largest streaming giant on the planet? Just asking that question and putting it out there. Uh, the streamer's director of family film, uh, Nikitha Maddox, said, Addison's, Addison Ray's charm and promise is undeniable as evidenced by He's All That and her already passionate fan base. There we go. We're thrilled to be part of this next phase of her burgeoning career as an actress. So there has been a long standing since really the debut of social media and social media stars since YouTube and a number of other platforms, Instagram and such, have made stars out of people. And that is they don't translate well to Hollywood. Uh, you may have 100 million people on your social media format, whatever that may be, but it doesn't mean that it's going to translate into viewers or ticket buyers uh, to the box office. And in fact, a number of times I've thought of stunt casting a couple roles uh, here and there with social media stars only to be told, don't waste your time, they translate into nothing. Well, obviously, that's not true. If Netflix really felt that Ray's base would not translate into an audience that is going to get viewers for their product that they're going to spend money on, then what the hell are they doing this for? And while that's fine, and you know what, congratulations. I, I doubt she'll ever listen to this podcast, but congratulations. You know, I really hope you do have talent, kid, because once your looks are gone, they don't want you anymore. You're dead. So we have seen nothing demonstrable from Addison Ray whatsoever to show that she can really act. Uh, the, the original uh, reviews that I saw coming in tore her apart and he's all that. And let's face it, it it's not like she's uh, trying to get into something heavy here, such as, you know, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof or, or something big where she's really going to do a remake of some big classic here and try to be the next Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, she uh, looks like is going toward Netflix's uh, fan uh, family uh, department. And it says here that Ray has more than 83.3 million TikTok followers, making her the third most popular person on the platform. She has 39.2 million followers on Instagram and close to 5 million on Twitter. The 20-year-old Louisiana native also released her first single, Obsessed in March. Anybody ever hear it? She was nominated for the Breakthrough Social Star at the 2021 MTV Movie and TV Awards. Um, I don't know what this translates into. What does this mean? So she has a lot of followers. Again, I ask a very simple question. What talent, other than looking good, other than being a beautiful young lady, what talent has she shown? Has Obsessed really changed anything? Has Obsessed broken through to a major mainstream market? Or is it just for the 12 and 13-year-olds that follow her? Uh, the fact that she's racked up all of these people, I want to know, what does she do on TikTok? I mean, I, look, I've seen her videos. I'm asking rhetorically. What does she do? Why do we have this next level in the evolution, or maybe it's the devolution, of our entertainment. There's no way I'm getting out of this episode without sounding like the crabby old man chasing kids off his lawn. 
and shaking his fist and yelling at clouds. Whatever uh, analogy comes to mind or image comes to mind on that. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a low-budget horror filmmaker. And I work my ass off. And I don't just make horror. And I write. And I'm writing a book right now on horror that I hope people will want to read. And I hope it might get picked up by a major publisher and, and actually make some money. Uh, people that are out there working their asses off to see this kind of thing happen, this is the part where it's not just an Addison Ray thing. It's it's across the board. For for those of you who lost your jobs during the pandemic or, or any of you listening right now that are barely hanging on and keeping your head above financial water and keeping your bills paid or staying at least somewhat on target with the credit card payments or whatever... To watch a lot of these people, and they don't have to be in entertainment, it can be Jeff Bezos or or any of these people that that find a way, for example, uh, yesterday I, I published a, an article about how the 1% continues to evade paying their share of taxes. And right away, it was amazing to see the amount of people that came to the defense of people like Bezos and Musk and, and Gates and all these folks. Now, look, I don't have access to their tax records, but Amazon basically paid no taxes for the last financial year. How the fuck does that happen? And don't give me this, well, if there are legal loopholes, you know, why are you defending people that don't give a fuck about you? That's what I don't understand. And I could easily make this a political rant, whether it's Joe Biden or it's Donald Trump or any politician. Why does Nancy Pelosi have $100 million? How are these people racking up this money? And do you really think that they're paying their fair share of taxes? Meanwhile, some of you are getting your late payment penalties and how much you've accrued in interest alone just on being late and paying your taxes. And we're the ones that are getting nailed. And it's no different than here. So all the writers, all the actors, those of you that I see on my Twitter feed that are out there and you're hustling and you're you're working for free on some of these films and you're really giving it your all and you're working your ass off and putting in a great performance, you're directing, you're editing, and you're you're putting all of this in on on budgets that wouldn't even come close to uh, you know, even the clothing price that Addison Ray wears. We look at this and we go. What the fuck are we doing wrong here? So do we continue to try? Here's my point, I think, of this whole episode. Again, good for Addison Ray. Obviously, this is something Netflix wants and thinks they can capitalize upon. And who knows? She may make, you know, three, four pictures and it all implodes. Who knows? But for those of us that are working our asses off, this is the kind of shit that makes you just want to give up. Because you don't want to go down that sellout route and you don't want to go down the no talent road route. What do you do? I mean, think about this for a moment. Adam Sandler, who, again, whether you like his humor or not, is extremely successful and he's done a variety of things. Most people will argue that, you know, Sandler is just basically... Uh, created a formula and he sticks with that formula and he plugs in all his friends from David Spade and and all these other people. He just plugs them all in Chris Rock and the whole lot. And he just makes the same movie over and over and over again. Well, you know what? Maybe that's true. I've seen a number of his films. Can't say I've loved them all. And in my opinion, really, I'm going to say Happy Gilmore 
yeah, Billy Madison, I guess, you know, it, it was pretty much the same thing. But Happy Gilmore really struck me as the true successor to Caddyshack. And uh, I'm going to say The Wedding Singer because it was just too charming and, and 80s nostalgic for me to dislike. Uh, I've seen Punch Drunk Love. I've seen a number of his other films. Um, I guess. Look, I didn't see Uncut Gems as of yet, but that leads me now into this. If, if what is true, there is a rumor out there. And if somebody can find, I, I can't tell if the quote is attributed directly to Sandler or somebody just made this shit up. But there is the, the belief or urban legend that Adam Sandler went out and made Hubie Halloween as a middle finger to the people that don't like his movies and for not getting the Academy Award for Uncut Gems. I don't know if that's 100% true. This is what I've read from a number of different places, but that doesn't mean a number of different places are all accurate and telling the truth. So if anybody has the accurate answer, I'd love to hear some feedback on that on my Twitter feed if, if you can reach back to me on that and let me know. Another thing before I get back into Sandler is when Tom Green made uh, Freddy Got Fingered. And I, you know, a couple people, I mean, it's a very easy movie to pile on and, and to hate. Uh, it's really not a movie. And um, somebody jumped in to the conversation because I saw somebody post about Freddy Got Fingered and I didn't really say anything about it. I, I did acknowledge something, but someone jumped in right away and said, hey man, he was given $14 million to make that movie. And his attitude was, fuck you. If you're dumb enough to give me $14 million, Mr. Studio Head, then I'm just going to go out and make the worst movie in the world. My, my answer to that is, if that's true, Tom Green, why the fuck would you do that? Why would you take $14 million to make a piece of shit? Just because, wow, you really showed people, boy, that really helped your career. You know, the, the whole fake marriage thing with Drew Barrymore, that, that didn't do enough. I mean, really, $14 million, and here's my point, going away even from, uh, you know, movies, imagine what $14 million could do for poor people or people that could use it. I mean, just to take $14 million and throw it in the shitter, just to say, hey, fuck you, well, that's basically what I understand happened with Hubie Halloween. So according to Urban Legend, Sandler went to Netflix because of the constant critical and fan drubbing he got on his theatrical films. And his attitude was, is, fuck you, I'm going to Netflix, where he got an incredible, I think at the time it was a six, seven uh, picture deal to make movies. So you have this giant streaming entity that is going to give you a bucket of cash and you decide to take some of those resources and instead of making a good film, you decide to make Hubie Halloween as a fuck you to whomever that is. But really, it's a fuck you to Netflix. And I can't believe that the company takes that because here's my point. Let's say I'm totally wrong. Let's say I'm 100% wrong on Hubie Halloween being a fuck you film. Let's say that, well, I, I can't let's say. Then the answer is, it's just inept. Like it's just a really shitty film coming from somebody who knows better. Because Sandler was in charge of it all. And he put all of his people in there. You know, and look, he had Kevin James back and, and Elizabeth Banks. And I mean, it's a terrible film. I mean, it's probably like the Jaws, the Revenge of comedy. Why would you do this? I mean, Hubie Halloween had to cost at least $25 million 
somewhere there, $25 million, which could be applied to a great film. Or how many of us independent filmmakers that are out there right now would kill for at least a two to $3 million budget consistently or a multi-picture deal? Why would you do this? What kind of message does that send out as an artist? Because if Tom Green is is accurate that he took 14 million and made Freddie Got Finger just to give the finger, and if Adam Sandler made Hubie Halloween also to give the finger, then that defines cinema. You could have done a better job, but you consciously chose not to. And if that is the case for both men, then fucking shame on you. You're not proving anything to anyone. So now how does this relate to Addison Ray? Because we're looking at Netflix that promised to liberate, right? And change things. And, you know, it's going to give, you know, a whole different opportunity to people. What's it doing? You are rewarding no talent. She is a pretty face. She has done nothing in her social media career whatsoever. In her career, if you want to, I'm going to use career in quotes, if you want to call it that. She has done nothing to warrant a multi picture deal. What do we want as an audience, ladies and gentlemen? This is what this cinema episode is really about today. What is it that we want? Do we want just garbage? Do we want just stuff that airs that we can sit down and we watch and in 30 minutes after watching it, we forget it? I mean, sit back if you don't believe me. Look, Addison Ray may prove us all wrong. She may go on and make some really great stuff and one day, 10 years from now, someone's going to say, remember when you ragged on her and now she won an Oscar? Maybe that has happened and that can happen. So, so be it on that. But why make Hubie Halloween? Watch it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Go back and revisit Freddie Got Fingered and ask yourself, why were the resources wasted on this kind of stuff. I mean, Hubie Halloween isn't even funny. It's it's not even endearing. It's like Sandler said, let me take the worst of what I've been criticized about and make an entire movie around that kind of character. His Hubie character is not endearing. He's not sweet. And he's not a likable doofus hero. Now, that's what Sandler has made a living on in, in the beginning of his career playing these kind of characters. Even Happy Gilmore had some redeeming qualities, if not as a boyfriend, as a good grandson. But in Hubie Halloween, my God, Netflix spent money on that shit? I mean, if I were the head of Netflix and I screened that, I would have been like, we need to renegotiate that multi How many more do we have with this fucking guy? That's exactly what I would say. And don't think of re-upping him. If you're going to take our money to give the finger to disgruntled fans or, or whatever it is that you made it for. Because again, if you didn't do that, then you just made a shitty movie. So that goes back to Jaws the Revenge and the whole founding of this podcast. And that is, if Jaws the Revenge wasn't truly made by people who didn't give a shit, then it was made in Epley and it's, it's just a truly atrocious motion picture coming from people that shouldn't even be allowed on set of anything, let alone a major motion picture with a $30 million budget, which is what Jaws the Revenge had, not to mention its marketing. We have Addison Ray added to the Netflix family. 
She's done nothing whatsoever. And I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear people. Oh, no, she can dance. Oh, she can do this. She did makeup and blah, blah, blah. That's not talent. Okay. You can train almost anybody to do what she does. And the point is good for her. She won the entertainment lottery. Great. But what is she doing? And what will she do? That's the question because there are a lot of independent filmmakers and I'm one of them that are out there fighting to get the next dollar to make their next motion picture. And people like this are cutting ahead of the line and getting the money and the resources to make multi-picture deals that will be made by big production companies and the indies continue to get squeezed out more and more. So this is a Screen Actors Guild dream right? That union will support anything with money. However, for us, for the indie filmmakers that are trying to make our films on in this day and age of COVID, where now you have to have a COVID officer on set and you have to do all of this. And and now they're talking COVID insurance, which depletes your budget even more. I don't know what else to say about this. Yeah. Today's episode is kind of just a bit of a rant, maybe, because what we're seeing is a continued devolution or de-evolution of our entertainment pop culture. We're not seeing things getting really any better in certain aspects. And for Netflix to take this kind of money with these kind of resources, I, I, I just, I don't get it. And that is why I will also end it with, shame on you, Adam Sandler, if you really did make Hubie Halloween as a fuck you. Because it's a waste of resources and you could have taken that budget and gone out and discovered several independent filmmakers and said, hey, I could have blown this money. I want you to make something for me. It'll count under my contract. And you know what? Tom Green could have done the same thing. So if that story is true that Green took $14 million from a studio and just basically threw it away to make a fuck you film, Well, then fuck both of you. That's how I feel. So Addison Rae is now in a multi-picture deal, TikTok star with Netflix. I guess we'll see how this all works. However, for those of you that are out there working and hustling and trying to make it all happen, all I can tell you is keep going because eventually someone is going to wake up and put the sunglasses on and clear out this shit. This is Harrison Smith. Thanks for listening. And now get off my lawn.